Coming live from San Diego, California, USA is our guest this morning. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights, information or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Amy Scruggs, TV host, media coach, recording artist, author. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you so much. I was really looking forward to being here with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's early morning in India and it's, it's, it's night, late night down there in San Diego. And it's nice to talk, you know, East and West are meeting up in such a nice manner and we are talking about something very good is how to never give up the pursuit of your dreams. So uh, tell us about this particular part uh, through your story, the journey that you have traversed. Tell us a bit about your background, how it started, how you have reached to this level that you had aspired so long. Thank you. And I will try to, to keep this more on the cliff note version and not drive you all crazy. I will get to the point of what got us here today. But I'm proud and thankful for the career that I have now at this stage of life. But it's a prime example of learning how to continually shift. And I know that there's so many great people that can tell the same story where life throws things at you. And that is definitely a part of my story. Since I was a young girl, I knew that I wanted to be a performer and sing. And I always loved to talk. I always got in trouble in school for talking. So this, there was something written there that I was going to be a performer, was going to be a speaker, but life happens. And uh, I had children young. So I had, uh, I had that opportunity to be a mother and be home with my children when they were younger. And I was able to start my career a little bit later. I was 30 before I, I started my career. And it was an incredible example of that shifting and of attracting in the right people into your life. And I had a woman who took me under her wings in the wholesale banking for Southern California for, for a major bank in wholesale lending. And she was a cancer survivor and a mother of three. And she said, I'm going to take a chance on you. And I was a single mom now at this time. And she took a chance on me. And I was so thankful for the opportunity that she gave me. And it was an industry that I was not qualified for. I did not have a degree. I was not qualified to, to be in wholesale banking. And she said, I'm going to teach you what I know. And six months later, I was the top sales of the company. And I definitely did that because I wanted her to see how thankful I was. It was really gratefulness that was leading to that achievement, as well as also needing to provide for my children and my home and, and what I was responsible for. So I was enjoying that career. At the same time, I was still singing and performing and I would be in cover bands and performing at community events with, with, with the musicians I was with at that time. But in 2007, um, I was hit with some major medical issues and had to have a complete hysterectomy. And before that, I had had the chance to go to Nashville as well and start recording and was hoping to have that opportunity. But in 2007, it really hit me with some serious medical issues and I had to have a, a complete hysterectomy. Well, at the same time, that was when we went through major recession here in the United States. The mortgage and real estate industry completely collapsed and so did my job. The career I had just built over these years disappeared overnight. And that was a moment where you have a choice to say, am I going to collapse? What am I going to do? Or do we shift? And with my love and passion for performing and my wonderful A&R rep in Nashville teaching me early in the 2000s, I said, Amy, they call it music business for a reason. 
The artists that run it as a business are the ones that have an opportunity to be successful. So I took the business experience that I just had in sales and out running teams in sales and learning that effective communication and being comfortable in front of professionals was what helped my success there. My passion for being a performer and I put it together. And so that year that everything crumbled underneath me, I went out and asked for the business as recording artist. And six months later, I was able to open for Clint Black on a major national stage on the 4th of July here in Arizona. And I knew that that was going to be the opportunity to go and ask for more opportunities. So for the next years, I went out and toured as a recording artist with kids in tow and making it happen and asking for the business. And I went on to be able to open for some of the biggest names in country music. And also my passion for serving the military and veteran community allowed me to go ask to support them more. And it opened up doors that I became the spokesperson for the American veterans with the state of California for several years. And so I was performing at a lot of military and veteran um, outreach events and deployments, coming home ceremonies, you name it, I was there. And it was an incredible experience of honoring our veteran and military. So I was still using these effective communication skills, my performing and what I had learned in business those years and putting it together. And um 2011 had the shift happen again. It still wasn't enough to keep it all together. And the children and I, we lost our home. And so now I had decisions to make again. And a few months after that, uh, our bass player died. Had we been on tour, we would have lost him while we were on tour. So I made some difficult decisions that it was time to come back into the business world and put the music on hold for a little bit. And that was tough because I, I tell you, on a Thursday, I was opening for Trace Atkins, a big country star, sold out crowd, 20,000 people. And three days later, I was in a cubicle in San Diego starting over. And that took a lot of courage to take that opportunity to say, I have to do what I have to do. But I knew, I felt something in me that said, put the same passion, put the same energy, enthusiasm, and business skills into this and watch what's going to happen. And that was in 2011. And I sit here 11 years later and can tell you the last 11 years of building led to new relationships, new opportunities, leading teams back in sales again and building new experiences in that, learning effective communication. And then because of someone I met and worked with through that, called me one day and said, Scruggs, we've got somebody I need you to meet. Uh, are you interested in hosting a national TV show? And it just turned out that the national TV show was centered on real estate and mortgage. I spoke that language. There was another show that, that was its sister show that was all for veteran of the military. Well, I spoke that language. I'm comfortable in front of the camera from all of my years of performing. And I was ready to step into that seat. And what an incredible learning curve that was. What an incredible opportunity. I was interviewing professionals from all walks of life, entrepreneurs, professionals of different businesses. I was interviewing nonprofits, community leaders, everything. And it was fantastic. And I can't even imagine if I had missed any of those opportunities because I chose to not shift, chose to not say, I'm going to keep doing this. Well, then we all know what happened two years ago when COVID hit and it disrupted the entire world. We were all, all of a sudden in our caves here saying, now what? But I knew that this was going to be an incredible opportunity. And after working with so many professionals and finding out that that one of the most common fears is, is being on camera, public speaking, being right. comfortable promoting your business even, people are still uncomfortable having that conversation and being on camera. And so COVID was an incredible opportunity for me to start working professionals virtually 
and really making a difference. And then I went ahead and decided it was time to write the book and put stories of professionals I'd worked with. Um, Lights, Camera, Action is just stories about how to level up, how to push past that fear of being on camera and really be comfortable with it. And I was so thankful for that opportunity to put that book out there and have it be a success. And at the same time, Nashville called back after all these years and said, we have a producer for you. Are you ready to record your dream project? So during the pandemic, I got to write a book and I, I was able to go back to Nashville and record new music, that childhood dream, these years of experience, but now with a different level of respect. And I went out and recorded my new project in 2021 and released it this year. And now thank you to tools in this digital world and virtual platforms and social media and, and connectability. I am so thankful to say that song has been on the charts worldwide and in the U.S. here even for the last seven weeks. And I can't believe that these dreams were able to become a reality from pushing through and believing that, that what is meant to be is still out there. And giving up is not an option. And that's what led me here to this wonderful time with you today. <laughs> so now we can dive into some fun stuff. There it is. Right. Right. I mean, so much achieved in such a small amount of time and so much more to be achieved. And that's yes. what I mean, Scrux is all about. Fighting spirit, living it up, living up your, your dream and trying to take up every opportunity that is possible. But... Tell me, Ami, when you go, these these things sound very good when you are, uh, you know, telling them about them several years later. But while going through this journey, this there are several moments of struggle. So, how does one decide which way to go? Uh, what is the right path to take? Whether there are things to not take or to take them, like. Uh, uh, shifting to another place or staying put even in difficult times. Mm -hmm. How does one decide that? How did you decide that? Well, you're right, because in the middle of the difficulty, it's one thing to tell this story these years later now, but if you even go back to that moment of losing our home and having to make choices and some of these difficult times, you know, pain is a great motivator. Pain is, pain is really, um, it's a privilege. Pain hurts. And you have to, and that doesn't mean you don't have the crying and the throwing things against the wall and the moments that you have to wallow because we all have to do that. Pain hurts. But then I have to say, is this serving me well? Is sitting in this going to get me to where I need to be? Because I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. I still have mouths to feed. And just because this story is, this chapter is ending today doesn't mean that's the entire story. So there's that, what can I do? What, what tools do I have? So it's like picturing this giant toolbox. And sometimes you have all the tools in there you need to build something. Sometimes you're left with just a hammer and a screwdriver and you have to see what can I build with just that. So I was continually going, what tools do I have instead of focusing on what don't I have? And I would use those tools to build something else. And, and it was more joyful to, to move forward than it was to stay stuck or move backwards. I, I'm, I'm more afraid of regret than I am of failure. And I think that has always been a strong motivation for me. And, and you can take it all away. I've had it all taken away. But I knew that, that I had inside me what it takes to go do it again. If everything disappeared again today, okay, what tools do I have? How do I, how do I use those? And how can I continue to press forward? Because anything else just isn't an option. And I think that's just where my mindset always was. Right, right. Now, Emmy, 
Uh, let me ask you this. We are talking about, you know, never giving up the pursuit of our dreams. Now for the young generation, uh, I would like to ask you, firstly, what exactly is Dreaming Right today all about? Because there is the world which is so different mm -hmm. than, say, 10 years before. Uh, things were much more clearer. The skies were much more clearer and you could see things. You could dream things. Right. Today, your lives are made up so much of about social media, about so much so-called great things, you know, people are achieving. And then you find that their lives are not so great after all. <laughs> right. You right. know, so in that whole journey, even on TV hosting, a lot of people find, you know, that... TV hosting is about having a glamorous job. Like no, it's have, hard work. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but when you are young, when you are young, you want to be known. You want to be seen. You want your friends to acknowledge your presence that you have achieved something in life. That time, uh, being seen on television in whatever format uh, is very, very exciting. And now there is a huge generation which is, you know, build, making... Uh, all those videos and everything else on, on different social platforms. I don't know what's the monetization and the career viability towards that thing. But in a nutshell, in a wider sense, uh, how do you see, uh, how do you tell the younger generation amidst all this so-called glamour around, all this, right. you know, colors around, how to dream right and see the colors of the right dream in the right perspective? You know, you're you're right. There is definitely that different disconnect in what our, you know, younger generation. I have I have children now that are young adults, and it, they are living in a completely different world than than what I was, and and I get that. And there's there's a part that I wish I could just I wish I could sit down with every one of them, <laughs> but at least I get to with my kids and their friends and and have some influence to say, stay stay with who you are, figure out who you are. And wanting to be seen, wanting to be on camera, wanting to be out there, that's fantastic. I, I love it too. I love performing. I love what I do. But you have to think about what is the why. Are you doing it for fulfilling something that's missing in you? Or are you trying to make a greater impact in the world around you in your environment? Are you sharing something that's going to impact somebody's life? Are you doing something that is, it is giving, that is going out? Or is it just a void for you? I see so much material out there that I'm like, oh, that's just not necessary. But I think everybody has to find that for themselves of what their passion is, what drives them. And continuing that daily pursuit of being their best and failure is okay. It's okay if you're making mistakes and you're putting videos out for the wrong reason or you're trying to be seen for the wrong reason. That's okay because, again, pain's a great motivator. Something's going to happen that's going to teach you that lesson. Life has a great way of teaching us lessons. But start searching within and that, that self-awareness that says, what do I really love? Go back to that core. For me, at three years old, I knew I wanted to perform. I went back to that core of, okay, who am I? I, I was in trouble in school for talking too much, but I really do love communicating and talking with people. So finding that core of, okay, let's channel this and put it out there correctly has evolved into really not only finding myself, but also making a bigger impact, which is then as a result, creating visibility into my career. But it's not the other way around. I'm not forcing the visibility for the wrong reasons. It's really just such a joy to be on platforms like this that you have here, where it's making a difference in lives, where it's bringing the right content out to people to make a difference in, in such hard times in this world today, that we have resources like you've brought here 
for, for, for people to come in and say, okay, I can do that too. All right. Then maybe it's not so hard. And if I can be a resource to say, look, pay the dues, go through the hard times, find yourself in this, start figuring out your purpose. And then you're, you're going to notice that what you're putting out there is going to start shifting and changing and being for a more positive impact. Right. Right. I mean, well put, well put. Now, the other part that you keep on talking is don't be afraid of the word no. Keep asking yes. for the yes. Tell us about that. And that is a great message for almost everybody. This world is getting, you know, uh, uh, you can say harder day by day and people's mind seems to be getting closed day by day. And if I, if I tell you, I feel that empathy is slightly, you know, vanishing in somewhere. The milk of human kindness is getting, you know, spilt on the roads somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I see it less and less. So tell us about this. I love the word no. And I know that for most that's scary. And if I... If I collapsed after the first no, I wouldn't be anywhere right now. When we look at no, if you if you knew that you were 25 no's away from finally getting what you've been wanting, what you've been working towards, and you're focused on that, and you get that first no, okay, check it off. Fantastic. Because e with each no comes that learning. And if you knew you at 25 were going to get the yes, how would you feel at no 20? You'd be like, woo, I'm getting closer. No 22, you're like, yes, I am really getting closer. No 24, you're throwing the party. So we know that it, there really are that many no's before we get yeses in life. There, there are, if you read biographies, watch other people's stories, no one says, I got the first yes and everything's been great ever since. There's always that story behind the scenes of, of the no's, of going through those rejections, of going through those pain points. So when we start seeing more no's coming in, it just means that doors are opening closer to the yes. Even today, if I get a no, I'm like, thank goodness, because now I don't have to focus my energy and attention on that. I don't have to worry about that no. Well, maybe should I have? It's just a no. Then that door closes and I can focus on opportunities that I'm supposed to be looking at because opportunities are a great chance to use discernment. I can look and say, here's, here's opportunities now I can discern. And if any of them come, in, come up as a no, that really helps me discern better. It limits it. So take no's as a blessing because it's steering you to all the yeses that you're wanting anyways. Okay, okay. And when do you know that sometime a no is actually from a well-wisher and that you should not try too hard to just make it a yes. Sometimes some no's are for giving us better direction in life. How does one know that how do you differentiate between a no which is not you know which is a no just to stop you or, or another no which is to move let you move forward in the right direction there's a little test that i that, that you can do and, and i i try to do this myself because sometimes you're like oh was this just an accidental no or is this a permanent no i believe that the universe it really gives us a three strike rule so let's say that you and I planned this broadcast and you canceled on me for the, you know, today because something came up. That's fine. You know, it happens. So we reschedule and then boom, one of us has to cancel again. And we're like, okay. And then the third time we're both well-meaning, but we, something happens again. That's kind of saying, you know what? No, maybe this isn't a fit right now. Maybe this wasn't supposed to happen. And the same with opportunities or something. So you get the first no and maybe, all right, maybe I need to come in from another angle. Maybe I need to try again. And then it's a hard no. At that third no, 
it's kind of that third strike. And that really is telling you, all right, I get it. I'm listening. The third no was really a no. And then you can move on. So sometimes the first no is crystal clear. Sometimes it's not. I would say do that three strike rule. And then it's really an easier way to gauge. Right. Right, Emmy. Now you are, uh, you have been a TV host. You are a media coach. And you tell a lot of your clients and people about, you know, camera, lights, action, everything about that. So the world today has changed quite a lot. Uh, a lot. And in terms of business, you see a lot of people nowadays who are not content creators in that in that sense of the term mm -hmm. or not influencers. But video has become such a big marketing tool today. Podcast is one of that. That means you are telling the world about what you are doing. Uh, earlier, it used to you used to look at uh, public relations campaigns and otherwise. And mm -hmm. now you just are going in on podcasts and, you know, audio podcasts, video podcasts and talking about what you do, what you can do best. And you are uh, talking to your clients, potential clients, to your target audience. A lot of people are doing this who are not actually from the video line, like consultants, doctors, a lot of professionals, coaches of the whole world, you can say, because you may be the best in your field. You may be the best inside the operation theater, but nobody will know about you if you are working in a small hospital or not so, you know, a big hospital or anywhere else. Now, they need to manage all this stuff themselves. Always there is no professional setup. So can you tell them how to be comfortable on camera in today's digital world? Your yes. expertise is needed for the wider audience. You know, there's a couple simple ways to look at it because you can definitely, you know, go in deep and, and really do some intense training. But to simplify it, self-awareness is absolutely number one. You have to know what this face is saying. We bring our faces out into the world every day. We take it out to the market. We take it out into the town. We go visit friends and family. But what happens is when the camera goes on, we're, we're not used to seeing we're not used to seeing outside of our, the, our eyes. You know, we look out, not in. And if you're not aware of what you're representing, there's a disconnect. And sometimes it's even in just how you're listening. You know, we can sit in the virtual meetings and you notice that there's individuals who don't know that they're scowling the entire time. And they may be happy, but they don't know their face is not showing that. So, so taking a look at what your face is seeing all the time, whether you're listening or speaking. And once you get comfortable with your expressions, you get comfortable with yourself. When you go on camera, guess what? You're not thinking about it anymore. I'm not having this time with you thinking about, uh-oh, what does my face look like? Uh-oh, how do I smile? Oh, is, am I having a bad hair day? I don't care. I'm not thinking about that. Because I, I actually really know what my face looks like when I'm talking to you right now. And I'm looking right into the camera. And that's another tip. Looking into that camera, not down into the monitor. So that you're making real eye contact as best as possible. Whether it's on, you know, filming something or in a virtual meeting or, or, or a recording such as this. You want to recreate as natural of an engagement as possible. And so that means expressions. That means eye contact. That means being aware that that person is looking right at you the same as if you were standing face to face. And if you can reenact that, it's really going to help those nerves 
And, and also just remembering what you're passionate about. If you're on camera to speak about something, you most likely want to be speaking about that. Maybe you're speaking at a business you built or a, an outreach that you're involved in. You've put all the time and work into building this thing and wanting to, to share about it. And then you freeze when the camera comes on. I think that's the most tragic thing that I see is when I see great people miss opportunities because they just didn't take the time to get comfortable with that camera. And the more you picture it, the same as if you're speaking to another person one-on-one, -on -one, the easier it gets to really deliver that message and, and be more natural when you're on camera. Right, right. So uh, talking of camera, you know, camera angles and all, tell us about your new book, you know, Lights, Camera, Action. It was a wonderful opportunity for me to share my experiences and stories working with other amazing professionals of all walks of life. And I asked their permission, may I share your story? Can I share your journey as you got comfortable on camera as we work together? I also reached out to some amazing high quality individuals, a few celebrities and said, would you contribute your perspective on each one of these topics? I have a, a very high profile individual that contributed into the, the power of the first impression. I reached out to one of the biggest um, video marketers that I know that's been on home garden television and all kinds of television shows and said, would you, would you share about your views on why it's so important to deliver the right message? So it's not just a book about me just sharing my insights, but I reached out to those that I trust and that I know are really credible in this space as well. And I had them share their stories. And then I give my, my tips of just how to simplify this, how to get comfortable with it and how to really present your best self. And I think that anyone, if they're just using this for their own social media or whether you're getting ready to be on CNBC, I hope that this book is, is a nice, easy read that gives you tips and, and tools to accomplish that. Right, right, Amy. So uh, tell me how you do a lot of, you know, media, media coaching and all that stuff. So how do you, uh, how do people reach out to you? How do they buy their book? Where do they find all the details? I will obviously put it on the YouTube description, but, uh, you know, hearing it straight from you is, is a bit different. Well, thank you. Luckily, my name isn't very common. So if you just Google Amy Scruggs, you're going to find everything. But the book is available where all books are sold. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, you can you can find it online. The same with the music, all streaming platforms, the music is on. So if you just, you know, Google Amy Scruggs, you're going to find those websites. And then the links are on there as well. But if you go to your favorite platform, you're going to be able to find you're going to be able to find the music and the book as well. Right, right. And talking about music, Emmy, uh, how did you get involved with country music? Means that's that's something I wanted to understand. Especially being from California, I'm not from Tennessee, but uh, you know, my my dad loved country music, and so since I was a young girl, that was the influence that I had. And and being with my dad and running errands with him and listening to country music in the car, and we both knew when I was a young girl that that was something that I was going to want to do. I started playing piano at three. And I was start, I was singing by five and I just said, I, I'm going to do this when I grow up. And it, it was always just really ingrained in me and, and country music was as well. Plus, my last name is Scruggs. So it kind of didn't give me another choice that you can't you don't get more country than the last name. So I went with it and uh, it's it's just been a joy. It's been an incredible, incredible ride with all of that. Right. Right. I mean, so you do so much. You are a. TV host, media coach, recording artist, author. How, how do you manage all these things at the same time? Means uh, for, for, for anybody, small work itself takes so much of time. How do you manage all these things? 
I think anyone who runs a small business, um, they, they probably do all the same amount of things. And it comes down to really great time management, being passionate about all the things that I do. I don't see them as different. I see it all as one. Because when I'm talking about the book, it also opens up to speaking about media coaching. And being a good media coach means that I understand what it's like to, to be able to broadcast and do interviews and be comfortable performing. So I don't see them as separate. I see it all as one. I am a steward of my calendar. I have notebooks all over the place and I keep excellent uh, written details and I study my calendar every week and I'm always looking two to three weeks ahead and then scheduling it in there and finding that balance. And so far it works. <laughs> good, good. So what is one thing, uh, you know, that you want to tell to a lot of to youngsters, to everybody else who are doing small business and all, what would you like to share with them any tip any any last words today for during for the interview uh, you know somebody who wants to achieve the american dream but in their own spheres of life you know yes uh, so just tell us about that I would definitely say don't put a time limit. Don't say, well, I have to be at this stage by 30, or if I don't have all of this by 40, then it's done. Take the limitations off so that you can evolve, so you can use your experiences to grow and expand into your purpose and what you're supposed to do. I have taken any age barriers off, any time barriers off, and I'm not attached to outcome. I'm absolutely in love with the pursuit. That's that's well put. You know, that's well said. In fact, uh, I'm very happy to listen because each day we are putting so much of pressure and that pressure is not from outside, but our self-created pressure that we got to achieve this. And within yeah. this, uh, and forget about the life we put pressures every day on our day-to-day -day life that I've got to achieve this. After this, I've got to achieve this. And then I'll do this. this. The laundry list is so big that you get fed up just by seeing the list itself. You set yourself up for failure that way. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you so Thank much you. for your time. It's, a, it's, a, it's so much, you know, a lot of insights, tips, and, you know, a lot of learning from this interview. Thank you very much. I agree with you. Thank you. Right. On this note, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed.